Hello, beautiful people. Oh, it's been a minute. I apologize. I apologize. But I hope your spirit is doing exceptional because while I have been away for a little bit, I uh, turned 35. I just uh, had uh, like the show of my life. Like this was it was that big. I just recorded my first comedy album and looking forward to uh, like I haven't heard it. I haven't seen it that none of that has happened. It just it just happened. OK. Um, and that is what uh, today's episode is going to be a lot about. Just going to be talking about kind of the road to getting there and kind of the behind the scenes and you guys getting to learn all of my uh, thoughts about the the entire show uh specifically my set and really just how i got to uh this point so that is what we're going to talk about you are tuned into another episode of peace talk podcast i am your host uh a comedian that has a, a bunch of comedian thoughts and opinions and some of uh them are popular and some of them are not and uh let's get right into it so with all that being said if you guys have been following I took a couple of weeks off. I went to Arizona, and that's where we'll start this uh, episode off. I got a chance to go to Arizona. Now, the idea of going to Arizona was all about, hey, I'm going to go here, and I'm going to work on some of the material that I'm going to do for the album. Like, that's what I told myself. Uh, I'm not going to say that didn't happen, but that kind of didn't happen. (laughs) So, so, um, one of the, like engines that really got comedy going for me in Arizona is a guy by the name of uh, Bobby Johnson DJ Mellow B from Mellow B Entertainment uh, yes he is a DJ like it's like what, that's what it sounds like he is a brother that's been really one of the hardest working people that I know especially when it comes to grinding and hustling in the comedy scene or, or the comedy circuit and and really kind of formulating and coming up with ideas and coming up with um, ways to make something out of nothing. So to to kind of go back to Arizona for just a little bit, not this last trip, but just when I used to live there, um, I was just in a point where I wasn't like I just left that comedy club that I talked to you guys about on a previous episode. I was at this comedy club called uh, the comedy spot which was very like hey if you work here and you do shows here you can't do shows there and you know it was it was very much like nigga fuck your shows bitch i'm good um but actually at that time you're still like a new comic so you don't really you don't want to like burn bridges is what they tell you this business is very don't burn bridges but what if the fuck the bridges and the people on the other side you you hope they drown <laughs> so so you you get to a point where either a you don't give a fuck if you burn bridges or b if you burn bridges fine i guess that's the same thing as, as not giving a fuck but you go you know what i'm saying like like you get to a point where like if that's going to happen if you're going to miss out on an opportunity or or something doesn't happen the way that it's supposed to happen or as fast as it's supposed to happen because you uh told somebody to go suck your ball sack or or you um you know put shit on black whatever the case is um i still again am firm with the idea that whatever's you know meant for me will happen and if it doesn't happen it wasn't meant for me so I was like done with that club and I wasn't really understanding what you do next because like 
they tell you you want to get into clubs you want to get into you know casinos and corporate gigs and and colleges and you want to have some type of you know foundation for work in comedy where you have great exposure um after i left the club i started just kind of doing you know whatever shows that i can get thrown on like hey i'm available hey i'm available and this guy uh dj mlb bobby johnson sort of swooped me up and kind of put me in this hosting position he at the time had another guy that was kind of a his his main host he was also due from detroit and uh i know and 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 work with that guy like that guy he's doing his own separate thing him and bobby have kind of like split up they like uh went through a bad breakup and they don't like talk to each other so like they can't be in the same room uh his name is uh a comedian by the name of sydney smith and uh they're both out in arizona both doing separate things and uh i've always kind of felt kind of like uh the child in the middle but honestly i room for both brothers because i want uh you know i want it's enough room for uh all of us to win out here so uh sydney was sort of his his main host for a while and then something came up where sydney was uh he was moving back to detroit and in that sort of space i kind of was offered an opportunity to host a new room that bobby had because one thing about bobby bobby johnson he will do a comedy show wherever the fuck he can do a comedy show at we're talking like strip club you know we're talking about a mexican restaurant like in the back of a mexican restaurant several times we're talking about you know bars where they have like a side room which are like for parties you know like like it can fit maximum like 40 people and bobby be like fuck it i see a vision we'll put a stage here put the speakers here we'll do a show so for for this little window he had this this spot um and he kind of was like hey do you want to host it and i honestly wasn't i either wasn't really great at hosting or um I didn't know how to host because I, I I guess I guess there's this thing about comedy and I'm, I'm sure it's about a lot of different fields but there's this like hey here's how we've always done things and then there's like this new wave of hey you don't all you don't have to do what the old heads say you don't got to do it that way and the problem is both sides are correct but not about everything so as it relates to comedy and growing and getting better and having opportunities and uh, kind of moving up in the ranks, it is still very much true. You want to start off by developing skills that will put you in a position to title yourself a good host because there are a lot of people that do not know how to host uh, comedy shows. They're not they're not great at it. They don't know uh, the basic fundamentals like, hey, the show's not about you. You know, like you can be really, really funny or you can suck. You don't necessarily, you know, like make the show what the show is. You help, you contribute, you move things along, you get the feature and the headliner. You know, you set them up in positions by you know, making sure you do, you read their credits off correctly. And, you know, uh, it's still very much true. You want to start off with being a great host. 
At this time, all I knew was other people that had hosted, and I just kind of mimicked that. Um, some hosts would, you know, do time in between, and so sometimes I would do time in between. But you learn that's not necessarily needed. More importantly, you don't, you shouldn't if you don't have to. Meaning, if you know the the previous comic is did a great job, had a great set, the momentum is high, and everybody's having a great time. There's no need for me or anybody to come up there and do a couple of minutes to kind of refocus the spotlight on the, on them. No, keep the show moving, baby. Just hey, the energy is great. Coming to the stage next, boom. So I would I would I would see comics do that, and I would do it, and then I would see comics, you know. Uh, you know, bring bring uh, index cards up to make sure they got the the credits correctly. And I was like, as a new comic, you know, two years plus in, I'm like, that's so unprofessional to uh, have index cards or read notes and things on stage. And at this time, I used to think that period. So like paid show, open mic, you know, free show, whatever it is, if a comic had notes up there, I always kind of like, we frowned upon it. And that's a huge misconception. Uh, I will say, if it is a paid show, there's a certain expectation of professionalism. And if I'm paying money or you're asking people to pay money to come to a show, you should at least memorize the the jokes that you're going to do. You know, if you're doing four hours and you can't, you know, remember something, write them down. I get it. Write them shits down. Okay. Okay. But if you're doing 10 minutes, there's no need, bitch. You don't need to bring a, a napkin or a, a receipt from CBS for your, with your jokes on it. Just don't. Um, but again, at this time, I don't know this. So I'm, I'm watching people. And then I had to learn and understand it is way more important to get a feature or a headliner or someone with credits or credentials their credit and information correctly it's way more important for that than to walk up on stage and have an index card or you know a piece of paper with that on there again it ain't about you so if you have to write shit down as the host to make sure you got somebody else's shit correctly do them shits do it so I would just basically watch people do things and the more I did it, the more I realized, okay, that's, that's great tips. I'm going to keep doing that. I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, at the end of the show, I'm not going to try to make jokes. We just close it out, go home, kiss the babies. Boom. So he, he really, Bobby Johnson kind of put me in a position to host and, um, you know, be in those, you know, really start kind of taking my little, uh, steps up as I, I, you know, became a better comedian. So going back to Arizona has a lot to do with Bobby hitting me up or me hitting Bobby up and saying, hey, what do you got for me? Or, hey, can you come and make these shows? And we set up three shows uh, for me to come do kind of really, you know, a quick trip. It was a, you know, it was a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, no Saturday show, no Sunday show. And it was just kind of boom, boom, boom. One of the best parts of going back to Arizona this last time is one of my best friends came with uh, she kind of hijacked the trip. She kind of was like, hey, you going, I'm going. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, and then she remembered like a conversation we had when we were like four. She was all like, hey, if I ever go out to Arizona, uh, you said, you know, when we were four, 
that you and Tiffany would help pay for my trip. And uh, she basically kind of like brought it up and we we had to uh, make it happen. And when I say we, I mean, my sister Tiffany, she really like 90% of it made it happen. And I was just like, hey, here's here's 10%. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure Tiffany took the money that I, I threw at her, wiped her nose and threw the shit away. So... Uh, so she came out with us, which was kind of cool because, you know, most of these going back and doing shows at Arizona specifically is always very much homecoming. And, and you know, I go I do shows at night, but then I during the day, you know, I'll run into or catch up with friends that I knew when I when I lived out there. That wasn't the case for this time. It was really just all about kind of catching up with this friend that, you know, I see once, maybe twice a year. Uh, the show's went well overall Um, there were some things that uh i loved about them and then there were some things i don't love one of the things that i don't love is meeting new comics that i don't particularly feel are are great and not funny like not not you know it i feel like it's very hard to say hey that that comic's not funny now it's true, <laughs> you know, there are some comics that are just, they're not good, okay, that that's not what I'm saying, what I am saying is, it's hard to just judge somebody off of, you know, a set, you know, a five, seven, ten minute set, it really can come down to, they just had a bad set, they had a bad night, I have uh, one of my favorite comics that's out in Arizona, uh, his name is Kingsley Amukamara, he's uh, someone I've actually We've done like a like a podcast uh, thing together, uh, which is maybe another story for another time. Uh, because <laughs> uh, really, really quickly, we <laughs> I had some people approach me about doing this. Like, uh, it was more like internet radio, you know, YouTube, you know, thing where they were like, "Hey, we want to take a bunch of comics and we want to put them like in a round table and have them talk about really funny things." Like that was the basics, and you know, I was kind of approached first, and I was kind of asked to put a team together. So I put a team together, and Kingsley was one of the people that I had. And uh, Kingsley is just naturally funny. Uh, he and I, we did this thing for probably, I want to say a year, but I really don't think we made it that far. Because within a year, um, our show, you know, like, like we only had, like, okay, first of all, we only had five episodes. Like we, like, we only had five episodes that were, you know, you know, shot, edited down and, and put out there. Um because within that time like they you know they ended up finding like other comedy group like teams and then they started focusing and refocusing on other things they had a fucking cooking channel and and like none of it really went anywhere um but i brought that up because he's like my he's a he's my guy he's he's a funny He's a funny guy. His brother is Prince Mukamar, who is uh, a Super Bowl champion. Uh, I think he now plays for uh, Chicago Bears. But um, long story short, he good, uh, funny guy. But he gets drunk a lot. <laughs> the last couple of shows that I've done with him, he he gets drunk and, and borderline belligerent where like, 
it's very noticeable he's drunk he doesn't slur like fuck up his his jokes per se but there's a difference uh of approach when you know that you have that hungry comic that's like i'm about to go out there and kill mom's spaghetti you throw up before the show you go out there and then there's like you know kingsley who sometimes just goes around and fucks you know he fuck around on stage uh not to say it's you know still not funny but one of those things is like going back there and seeing who's the new you know comic that's like i'm the big deal now or you know hey i don't i don't have to write jokes i did this one show the first show actually um was back at uh if so it was a wednesday night which you know are very challenging days to or very challenging nights to do like huge production shows when you're at a comedy club in fact sometimes bobby gets these shows and these dates because they're fillers meaning you know they have a national headliner you know you're you're very funny arsenio halls or uh rob snyder's whoever whoever's just really touring and and they you know they frequent at these clubs they'll they'll already be booked for you know that friday saturday sunday run and they're like damn how can we get people here you know wednesdays and thursdays and whatever else day so uh bobby put the show together um and uh it was nato tribe brothers which he he had this concept of combining uh native comedians as well as black comedians and I, I talk shit about Arizona being very racist, but one thing I will and have to credit, it is very diverse, has a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds that look a lot of, you know, that, that looks different, um, which is great. I mean, one of my, I have a friend that's a Guatemalan, which I was like, that's, I didn't know that was a thing, you know, like, and I love this fucking girl. She's great. Shout out to Glow. I don't know if she listens to this, but uh, like, that's fuck, that's crazy. You know, like I would, you don't, you don't get a chance to meet. You know, a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. When I was in Detroit, it was like black people. And then there were sprinkles of white. And then uh, there's a huge Arab, you know, community that's that's really like right next to Detroit. Um, when I was in Minnesota, a lot of white, a lot of white. <laughs> um, and then there's kind of black sprinkle here and there. And uh, Somalian and, and Muslim, like they have a community there so uh moving to arizona is just like a little bit acting and just like in a fucking pot you stir it up you know bake for 350 degrees boom there's arizona so um so so that's the thing so i'm, I'm back you know at, at stand up live um and uh just in case you don't know the the brief history is just you know back when slavery were happening and and some slaves would run away you know they would kind of pass through certain areas of the country you know some like oakland um i forgot where specifically this has happened but like they would you know there'd be natives and it'd be like hey we got you bro you know what I'm saying? or or you know maybe more something that they would say more native-ish and then you know they hide slaves at, in the tent and, and it really was like hey we got you so uh so it was just it was a kind of a concept show and um very you know very fun lineup but last minute we're supposed to have a comic from california host the show and he couldn't make it he ended up being like an hour and a half late like the show was almost over and he popped up and because of that i had to host the show which i wasn't 
not only was I not prepared to host, I didn't want to host. Don't get me wrong. I, I love hosting. I love, you know, hitting the stage and, and getting the crowd warmed up. But again, a lot of this was had everything to do with planning for the comedy album. So I was like, hey, uh, I'm going to break up, you know, some of my like, I really want to work on this material so that by the time I hit uh, the stage for, for my recording, I feel just a lot more confident about these bits. And because I had to host, a lot of that changed because, again, the show is not about me and my material. I have to be kind of smart about what it is that I do, especially opening up the show. And that changed a little bit. The comic from California, in my personal opinion, was trash. But again, I'm not knocking funny, even though he didn't make me laugh. But like, it was trash for like all the professional reasons super late you know it's one of those comments where i don't gotta write anything down i'm just funny maybe you should write something down uh you know he 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 was just he was just he was just a fucking character so you know that that's one of those bad things about going back and meeting uh you know some of these comics but again on the flip side i get to go back and i get to see comics that uh, that I love or that has impressed me these last few times and, and when I get to work with them again uh, it makes it that much greater the Thursday show was pretty bad but but it was it was uh, I was supposed to headline but then I ended up featuring and it was like co-ran with another comic and it was just uh, a weird show you know like it, like, like I know this is silly, but like when you think of comedy, you might think comic, microphone, you know, telling jokes, you sitting down in a in a crowd, audience laughing. But to really pull it off, you want to make sure you have a lot of things, you know, like a stage, you know, saying a microphone stand would be great. Uh, correct lighting, meaning like you know the the comic or the the area is is well lit. Um, the crowd lighting is dim or dark and you know there there's sound control where you know you don't want to be performing and being you know interrupted by the mariachi band that's outside whatever whatever it is the sh- second show ended up being really fun because of the people that I had in the crowd and then we kind of just partied after the show um and then the last show that I did was uh, an all-lady show, an all-woman uh, stand-up show where I, I got to host some really, really funny ladies. And they really just took... Uh, they, they made the best of the situation. Uh, I'm not going to say it was the worst venue of the three, but it was definitely the most, like... Uh, I wouldn't go there if they didn't have this show. Like if they didn't have comedy, nah, I'm good. I wouldn't. I would probably would never step foot in this um, in this place. It's the kind of place that has like a bartender where you like, hey, can I get some drinks? And she act like she doing you a favor. You're like, bitch, no, this your job. Give me, I'm giving you money. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me my drink. So, <laughs> uh, so out of the three shows, what? I felt to do was really, really work on the material that I, I had planned to do. I mean, I said a little bit of it, but when I say work, I mean like, you know, 
really setting it up, really delivering it, really acting it out, really committing to the bit. Uh, Sometimes, you know, you just kind of say it, you know, just you put it out there, see how people respond, see if there's somewhere to go with this joke or if this joke needs a particular add on or or if you're like, man, I like this tag that I have, but let me try a different tag, just things like that. I kind of do a lot of improv and now not a bad thing again uh, for the three shows that last show I actually I hosted as well so for you know two of the shows I'm hosting the show's not about me I'm just trying to you know filler keep the show rolling it was fun and uh, I was able to you know do the job that I needed to do and then when I featured I felt an obligation to pick the show up because the show was so like if it was Twitter, it was it was trending down. It was not it was not a great show. Um, But uh, so, uh, you know, while I'm flying back home, I had this concern like, damn, did do do I have the right jokes for for this recording? Should I change some things? What should I do? And um I'm going to take a quick break and I'll tell you what I decided. Uh, thanks for listening. This is Peace Talk Podcast. I will be right back. Things that happened during the first segment, I didn't realize that y'all could hear it. It was like my phone wasn't on silent or vibrate so like when it would happen I'm like they can't hear y'all hurt uh and we just gotta make it through so I I have not turned it off that won't be an issue let's move forward so I (laughs) so I decided to kind of revisit the set list that I wanted to do for the recording and I felt really good about what I kind of came up with but to be honest with you the the idea of this whole album recording sort of came across uh, close to six months ago. Around that time last year, toward the end, uh, was the first time I had stepped foot into this theater that uh, I I ended up recording the album at. Uh, there's a guy who you know, like I have cheerleaders, and I have people that really rally and really want you know things to happen for me, and this particular guy is you know he has a film and film photography um kind of studio he he makes you know uh movies and shorts things like that and he's a part of this huge Iowa film festival that happened that happens out here and uh, I believe it's like it's 10th year 10th or 11th year and um lat- in 2018 I was approached to co-host they have a film festival and then at the end of it, they have like a, a an award ceremony. So I was asked to co-host that with a young lady who like a big deal. You know, she got an Emmy, you know, for like daytime uh, broadcasting or, or reporting. Um, and uh, her name was Robin Rufham. And uh, shout out to her because uh, I try to shoot my shot. But, you know, apparently I'm not famous enough. I, I'm gonna still try. We'll see. And so and so um it was it was great. It actually went really well. I was kind of like she was super professional and like well like I don't know. I was like I was amazed and impressed. And to be honest with you, I'm still it's like sometimes I still have this like ghetto boy feel where like no matter all these achievements that I I have and 
and have accumulated over the years, even, you know, through, you know, work and non-work and kind like I still sometimes get in a room with people with ties and, and fancy dresses and kind of, you know, like, like, I don't know, crumble up into myself and be like, I don't belong here. What am I doing? Uh, nigga, nigga, nigga. Like, I just want to act all like put a do rag on and, you know, snack over trays uh, of hors d'oeuvres. I don't know. It's just something about it. And, um, you know, like she, she, you know, when they approached me about it, my biggest fear was like, I just want to be me. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be like inappropriate. I'm not going to use certain language, but I also got to feel like me. And, uh, you know, we, we did the award and like I said, she was like super on it and she was like articulate and, you know, I start, I start cracking jokes, you know, about being like one of four black people in Detroit or in Iowa. Sorry, this all happened in Iowa. And, uh, you know, by the end of it, it was really, it was fun. It was, I felt good about it. So good that they asked me to come back and, um, do the ceremony again, this time Robin couldn't join me so last year now in 2019 we you know they did the film festival again they had the yeah they had the uh, ceremony and I told him hey I'm gonna do me it's just me on stage but I'm gonna mess up a lot of these names like we have you know filmmakers from Japan and and just like if it's not Bob and Smith and shit like that I I I, I mess them up. I do. However, if if they're black names like Raquel and Rakisha, and I, I knock those out of the park. So, so it's just it's just about who you know and where you come from. So, uh, doing that film festival last year was the first time I had stepped foot in this theater. Um, I, I run this monthly show at a brewery, and you know, a guy that that comes to a lot of those shows, we sort of become, you know, friends. Um, and I guess when I, I say friends, I mean, like I go to this place and we met and like Facebook friends, things like that. He sort of approached me about it. He was like, Hey, you know, I, I work and volunteer at this theater and, and, you know, have, would you ever think about doing it? So, you know, I sat down with him and one of the directors of one of the guys on the board and I took a look around the place and I, I like, I could see it. I could see the vision. But I was just trying to figure out all the business aspect. You know, I don't do a lot of renting, you know, places. Meaning, you know, like when I find a, sh- like when I when I produce a show or where I have a space, you know, it's it's a it's a door deal. You know, you get all the the liquor sales, I get the I get a hundred percent of the door. Or, you know, you pay me, you know, a certain amount, and you know whatever else is extra, you whatever that is. But I don't normally find a space, rent it out. Uh, with hundreds of dollars, you know, and then really just come up with this whole marketing scheme to get people there. Uh, the the two biggest, you know, promotions was it's my birthday. It's my, you know, it's my annual birthday. So uh, the last my last birthday was was one of my biggest successful shows because I made a goal to sell 100 seats. Like we were like, hey, we're just going to put 100 seats in this room. And that's it. When we hit it, we're done. And I hit that number. So that was like the first show that I had sold out that I could say, hey, here's the first show that I produced that I've sold out. Now, I've had shows where we had more than 100 people at um, that I produced. And I didn't sell. I didn't call those sellout shows because that was never the targeted goal. So now when I'm doing shows, I'm like, hey, 
the target goal is this we hit that we good we done it takes care of everything that we want we got money for you know the babies and diapers everybody win everybody winning so so um I started to kind of come up with the idea. So that that was it. It was the birthday show. The second um, promotional, like, like what? how can we get people here? It was like, what if I take this as an opportunity? I've been kind of talking about this for like two years. Um, I think there's always that conversation of when do you know you're ready? And you never know until you know. And then you know, no, 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 no. Um, but I, I just felt like shit, like, you know, it'll be nine years of doing comedy. I'm in this new market and a goal is to, you know, create something that I can put out there that people can listen to and watch and hopefully it can grow and and and, and be some something. And uh, I just felt really confident and comfortable about where I am and uh, feeling like this is just a great opportunity to do it. So those were the two things. 35th birthday and first comedy album recording it here live mason city iowa in this 138 seat theater which is very intimate i went to a play there last month and they didn't use microphones like you can hear every word you know precise and as we got into 2020 i just started feeling like you know it's possible um so i started you know buying you know like facebook ads and you know i got posters and a pillow i bought a pillow with uh i my my the art to the artwork to my my flyer which will be also my uh, album artwork came from a artist out in California who just like does like these cartoon shit and I'm like that is dope how much is like 150 I'm like let me do a couple shows I'll get back to you did those shows set that money aside threw it to him he drew this shit up it was dope so uh, I put that image on a pillow a giant poster I had all the you know comics that performed sign it I just I just went really crazy like more like bigger than anything I had ever done I was going to stores posting you know you know Hit like the the poster flyer, the flyer posters. But I was I was going to the dollar store and the gas stations, and uh, <laughs> there's this one liquor store that's also connected to a laundromat that looks like where poor people go to to die. Like it was really, I just like fuck it. Let me hey maybe maybe they they'll they'll come. I don't know. Put it everywhere. I got stickers. Like I just. I went and bought new shirts. Like I just, I threw every little thing that I had in it. I borrowed money from my wife, which I also got to pay back. Like I just, every little thing, like any show that I really had into like the beginning of this year, I, I, I pay whatever I had to pay or do whatever I had to do with it. And I just set a little bit to the side for this show. Um, so honestly, the things were really coming along. I didn't really book the show. So when I have a birthday show, the birthday shows are really just about me. And this like out of any shows that I really do, it's really it's just my birthday. And honestly, even though it's a celebration, it's not really about that. Um, it's really about doing what I love to do for another year and sharing that with everybody. Um, last year, I bought a cake and we had an intermission. We ate cake and uh this year is really about like none of that 
is really just like I said, doing what I love to do for another year. And uh, I've wanted comics that I would. I guess I wanted comics for this lineup that I wanted to be there to kind of celebrate, but but more more or less, I wanted people there that um, understood. Hey, it's 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 kind of my night, you know. Like no one's really getting paid. Um, I had you know one of my favorite people that I, that I've met out here in Iowa, Bernard Bell, who. I honestly, I probably in in Iowa, in the state of Iowa, like he's probably been a part of like fifty percent of the shows that I've done. Whether I'm producing a show and I've had him on, or you know we've collaborated, like uh, really, really funny dude. And he's just, I, I felt like he's one of those dudes that, that gets it. He's been doing comedy for almost as long as I have, and uh, you know we met, you know, two years ago, pretty much when I moved out here and. Uh, we kind of been been rocking ever since. So having someone like that on the show is always great. But also having to understand it, like he just doing it just to be there, just to you know, just uh, do what he's supposed to do, get the crowd going, and you know, toss it to me. And and he's not looking for anything. He understands what it is. I had a young lady. It was her third time ever being on stage, and I feel kind of bad about this because you know her first two times. I've had her on my brewery show, which again, it's a monthly show. It's a free show. I call it the appetizer of comedy because it's really no huge expectations. It's just us having fun. Me bringing comic, you know, comics from around the area to a, to a really fun crowd. But her first two shows were just magnificent, you know, in the sense of the first time you ever do it, it goes well. And then you try to, you know, recapture that moment with a second time. And her second time she did well, which was what even though the first was great i mean like when i say great uh she had really high laughs at points um it looked and sounded and felt very natural for her the second show didn't have the high laughs but what i was so impressed with was how long she was able to go you know when you have these new comics and they get challenged to do you know more minutes than than normal they kind of fall and, and and fold you know they get to that like six minute mark and they run out of things to say or they 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 just go um I, yeah uh what was i gonna talk about whatever it is they just kind of and she just she just held it and i was like hey i got this show it's gonna be different than these these two free show you know and she just she she rose to the occasion. Uh, her name is Miranda Moses, and uh, she originally from Chicago, but she she out here in Iowa now. Uh, Dylan Meek is is a guy who he's probably been a part of you know seventy five percent of the shows that I've done out here. He's someone that I just enjoy working with, and you know I've always kind of wanted you know a comedy partner. Someone that the so one of the things I I like and admire about Jay Z and Kanye's relationship is you know Jay Z kind of talked about on multiple occasions like it's not necessarily about work like who like you can't just throw people together you know you get you got to make sure they have the same work ethics they have the same you know work you know focus you know and the, the, their chemistry is is right and 
I don't know if it was Nas or somebody where it was like, hey, why don't you do, you know, you, you did an album with Kanye. Why don't you do an album with this person or that person? And he's like, it, it, it takes more than just throwing two great artists together, you know. And and this guy named Dylan Meek, who uh, kind of has started comedy pretty much my like, basically, I get out to Iowa. There's nothing really going on. Um, there's these other two guys that that's like, hey, we're, we're, we're comedians now. And they find Dylan and they're like, Dylan, you should start an open mic. So Dylan starts the open mic hasn't you know never done comedy before these other two guys kind of like take his open mic from him and uh then they started doing shows and charging people and and it's it's crazy that's another conversation that should be when i talk about comedy beefs because i wanted to do it on a previous episode but i never got a chance to finish but it's it's real out here in these face in these uh facebook comedian beefs uh like i said i've had probably probably a good four but actually i i don't even think they were all like none of them were good they were just a fun way to pass the time uh, but but jo- uh, but dylan he hosted the show uh he did great a uh, guy named josh francis who uh i like this kid he's he's sort of pretty new to to <laughs> to comedy i met him last year and dylan actually brought him to my attention he was like hey can he be on the show and i was like no and he he was like, hey, I think you'll really like him. He He's kind of like me. And he very much was. And then the first time I met him, he he it was a paid show. And he was going to do a guest spot, which is like five minutes. He showed up in shorts. And he has like this thigh tattoo. And, you know, he served in the military. So, like, you know, that was like, you know, like, hey, I got this thigh tattoo. I'm kind of a thought. But, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've saved people lives. <laughs> and so, uh he him and i me and josh we once did a show where we didn't have a microphone for like the first half i don't know if i shared that on here i know i talked about um again i do this thing where like you know i kind of write down things that i want to talk about on future episodes i don't know if i shared them um yet but i don't believe i have but we had this one show where we show up early which i don't do a lot and uh we're like hey when you where you want us we're, we you know let's go and they're like yeah okay we'll have you over here this is what we'll do and i'm like great um where's the microphone so we can do a sound check it's like ooh microphone speaker what's that so they scrambled around for like an hour to find a speaker and a microphone in this small town that we were in the microphone that they find is wireless so it dies 2 minutes within uh, Josh's <laughs> his set so so for like the remaining 17 minutes or so he had to like scream his jokes out to people and uh, it was quite frankly hilarious not for him uh, but he earned a lot of stripes for me during that night uh, I was high maintenance and I refused to perform <laughs> without a microphone uh, no I actually but I started I started to perform but by the time I got into anything, they actually got there with a corded uh, mic and, and uh, I performed. So uh, he was on the show. I had a guy named uh, Clifton Anton who was from Des Moines. He's kind of part of me and, and Bernard's kind of group of black comics that sort of found each other, that try to work with each other and, 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 and build each other up. And then there's a guy named Alvin Irby 
who was from Minneapolis. So he's on the other side and he he's been he's been down here for a couple of shows, but like no bullshit. I had a post about my show and he was like, hey, put me on it. And I was like, all right. So 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 I had this lineup of really, really fun uh people. They all got on the show. They all did a, an amazing job. And the plan was for the opening acts to do about 45 minutes. We take a 15 minute intermission. Then I would hit the stage for about an hour. Um, that was all work. Like that was all fine and dandy. Um, they all performed very well. And toward the end, right before the intermission, somebody broke the toilet. I guess the toilets flooded. I guess like all the flood, like all the toilets flooded. So it was like the women's flooded, the men's flooded and a 15 minute intermission went to almost 45 minutes. Uh, I'm going to take another break and uh, I'll pick up where I left off when I get back. This is Peace Talk Podcast. I wish I had like a cool little fade off. That was just me saying we back three times. Uh, someone like flood the toilets. It got crazy. Um, they had to shut down all the bathrooms and uh, they redirected like a line of 20, 30 women to the back, to the green room, which is where we were all being held at, uh, to that bathroom. And I'm like getting to the zone. I got my headphones on, listening to my J. Cole and um, I actually made like a piece of mine uh, playlist. So I'm like just zoned out. And then I just see a group of women rushing back here to get in line for a one toilet bathroom. <laughs> it was, it was, it was just, it was just crazy. So, so here we are. This is the biggest show of my life. And I, honestly, it's really just another show, but you know, or at least that's the approach. But it's it's super huge because uh, this is something that I felt like I worked really hard to get to. Earlier that week, I had an opportunity to sit down with the local newspaper. And I mentioned on my first episode that, you know, I finally am getting a chance to sit down with these people and, and talk and kind of share where I'm at in my comedy career and journey. But this one was super special because um, this front page was 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 first of all a bigger um it was a bigger article and it's in in a bigger town and the the young lady that that wrote the piece ashley stewart she just uh so i I, so like the first time i did my my newspaper interview the young lady kind of typed as as i talked the second time I had this old lady, you know, like, like, you know, like she had the, <laughs> the, the tape recorder and she also kind of took notes herself. Um, this young lady, we sat down and I'm sure this was supposed to be like a 30 minute thing. We was there over an hour, just laughing, talking, and she, she was taking notes, but it didn't look like she was taking notes. It's kind of like when you, when you take, um, you know, you know, just get the important stuff. And by the time I read the article, I was like, with all, and she took it. I mean, again, we were there for a while. So there was a couple of pages that she was jotting things down. And I don't know if it was like, hey, this sounds really good. Let me write this down. Or these are key details. Let me write that down. But whatever it was, her process 
uh, whatever her process was, she got um, a lot of things correct and it just sound very well. And uh, she titled the the article with this is uh, this, you know, this is only the start. I don't, that's not right. I'm saying it incorrectly, but it's cool. I got a newspaper right here and uh, let me read it word for word because I'm dope and I can do that. This is really the start. So that was something that I kind of went over and over about with, you know, doing comedy for as long as I have and being in a new market and starting over. And like this album is really just the start because this would be the first time a lot of different people, um, a wider range were here. And I was very conscious about that when I was putting together the material. My first like plan was just like, let me do all of my best jokes. And that sounds really great because, you know, a lot of these jokes I've been doing for years or um, at the very least, like I know they work. I know they'll, you know, A, B and C. However, by the time I got back from Arizona, I started thinking more and more about representation. That was also, you know, one of the things going in, like, how can I give a great representation of myself and my comedy? And it changed. It it really became about three things. It I wanted to be funny, but that was actually the least of my worries. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty funny. And when I'm on, I'm on, you know, like it's, ah, I'm dope. Um, the second thing is I wanted to make sure it was a great representation of me and, and I got to share, you know, my point of view or, or just more of myself. So in the, in my set, uh, you know, I talk a lot about my, my Otis. I didn't talk about my ugly baby a lot and I have a couple of reasons why I didn't. One of them is, uh, you know, that the whole representation thing that that always hits great when I'm in a new place, meaning, you know, I'm, I'm performing, for example, like I'm performing in Wisconsin and, and South Dakota coming up. I'm going to probably do it there, you know, because when I'm in a new place. And I'm like, hey, I got a two-year-old and he he's an ugly baby. Like that, that's always a great way of sharing with that crowd and that audience. When it's in a place like Mason City, which I've been at for the last, you know, a couple of years, to do it, even though I wanted to, you know, part of it is also putting it on this album and getting it out there. I just felt like that was a little stale. And it's almost like we know you got an ugly baby. We know we heard it. You know what else you got? So I mention it, but I don't talk about it. And here's how my mind works. In my mind, I'm thinking, "Hey, the first album, let's talk about these things." And if you know, when I do the second album, I'll talk more about my my uh, you know, God willing, I'll talk more about my two year old which who who knows how old he'll be at that time and my baby girl so uh, i talk a lot about my otis um i shit on him a lot but he's slowly becoming my favorite again but i talk a lot about him talk about being married my wife in a racial relationship talk about wanting my dad in my life um talk about how my mom you know or a joke about how my mom is just inappropriate she's always sharing things with me talk a little bit about my faith like I, I wanted to just kind of put a lot of things 
out there about how I see things and how I feel about things. And it it wasn't always, you know, hilarious, but you know, one of the best things about doing comedy, and I learned this through one of my personal favorite, you know, comedy uh you know, brothers is a dude that's actually out in in Arizona as well. Uh, his name is Clayton Perkins. He had a chance to to tour with Cat Williams within like his first two years of doing comedy. It was just crazy, great experience for him. And um, you know, these are the things you want. He's just he's hilarious to me. And and we both talk about the idea of you know when you perform and it's silent, understanding that's not always a bad thing. When you start doing comedy, going back to like I was mentioning when we first started the episode. You know, I don't know these things. So when people aren't laughing, when people aren't, you know, when they're silent and pausing, like you freak out. You're like, I'm not doing my job. But when you start doing it, you become confident, comfortable with yourself. You start realizing when it's silent, you know, when you got 140 people in a room, silence because they're listening. They're, you know, kind of hooked on what you're talking about and there's a lot of that in this in this you know recording and I can't wait to hear it back but that that's kind of what I was going into you know what I was like that when I was going into what I want to do that those are the two things that I wanted to do I wanted to make sure it was funny I wanted to make sure I share me I give a great representation of um who I am and then the third thing is I wanted to make sure I had a message. Um, so those were the three things. Like that was really what the what the what the what I hope the album um, essentially is about. It's funny, you know. It's 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 a great representation of me and my comedy, and I share, you know, me. I'm very vulnerable. I just put it all out there, and uh, it has a message. And the message is, um, you know, what peace of mind means to me, and how do you how do you get there? Um, so. It almost felt like there are times where I'm telling jokes and then I kind of just stop and become like a, you know, <laughs> like a, 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 not a spokesman, but, you know, someone that's like, you know, hey guys, you know, like a preacher almost where I just, I, I started preaching these things, but hopefully it's just a great mix of everything. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to, to quickly I guess this wasn't a quick episode, but I guess that's what I really wanted to kind of get out there because I had a friend on Snapchat say like, hey, when are we going to get another episode? And I realized it's it's just about making time. And I apologize for the wait. And I know this isn't like an amazing episode, but it really is important for me to 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 go through this and share in this process that's why I started the whole podcast in the first place is to really talk through these things and you know really like hopefully just um you know like like uh, when the reporter was asking me like what's your podcast about um and as I kind of listen to other podcasts and you know like you should be able to explain what your podcast is and you know seven words or less or whatever like honestly it's just me figuring out what I want to say next um and I think I did those three things. I think it was funny. I think I, I shared myself and I think I definitely had a message and um, it was beautiful. Uh, 
I haven't shared this yet. I'm actually going to write this tomorrow on my Facebook post. But it was the first time I had a standing ovation. And honestly, I've never had one before. So I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know if people just stood up because it was the end of the show. Um, <laughs> but but I will say this. The last thing I will say. So when I went to go see the play at the theater, it wasn't a great play. And I say that because it just wasn't like a universal play. It doesn't mean that the actors wasn't great or the the... You know, the, the play wasn't well written or whatever. It was a Neil Simon play. And sometimes he, you know, he takes serious topics and, and make them dark. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, like it was kind of funny because it's kind of funny because the director goes on stage at the beginning and was like, uh, hey, just so you know, this was written 1960s or whatever. And, you know, we kept some of the language the same. Um, so there's a, there's a line in the play where the guy says fag, uh, and there, there is a gay guy in there and it, you know, it's about it. It's about a, like basically a re- retired actress or like an actress that's kind of being pushed to the side because she's no longer what she used to be, but they just say fag, just like, Hey, having a fag old day. I don't know what, I don't know what the actual like phrase was, but like they say it. And then, like, in the next line or so, they say something about Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. And in my mind, I'm like, why can't they just, like, if you're going to change words, you know, like, like, oh, no, no. if you're going to keep the dialogue the same, why not just keep it all the same? Like, hey, this is all from 1960. Let's keep it authentic. We said that word. These are the actors' names that we say. But no, they modernized, like, they modernized certain parts. So they could have easily just took out that. Like, like, like nobody was like, they needed to keep it in. Like, it wasn't even like strong. It was just like, it was almost like a throwaway line. But anyway, I bring that all up to say, uh, I got a chance to talk to the director before the play and I saw the play on a Sunday and I was just like, Hey, how's things been going? And it was like, Hey, we had to stand an ovation for every show, um, thus far. So this is a Sunday. I'm watching the, the, the play at the end of the play nobody stood up <laughs> so so uh in all fairness there was a bunch of old people like crazy amounts like this must have been disneyland for them because they was just like hey I, they was just out like it was like let's walk some malls let's go to play you know what I'm saying? so um so i guess maybe not everybody just immediately stands up and applause but uh they did for me and i i uh I was filled with a lot of emotions in that moment. It was, it was amazing. It was very beautiful. I actually kind of cried or shared some tears earlier that day. And it was like, like, here's my hope that when you die, you can revisit your life or you can watch your life. Um, I don't know why that should definitely be a thing, but who knows? Maybe when you die, it's all just a black screen. I actually got a chance to, to watch the show, The Good Place. And that was something that they did. And I'm like, that's how d- death should be. And that's just a moment in my life that I would like to come back to and watch over and over again. Because it was, it was beautiful. And uh, I can't wait to see the DVD and and get the audio prepare for you guys to put that out because uh that was uh an amazing moment in my career um the my set for the most part i thought was pretty great i swear a lot like way more than i need there was times where i could have said sex and i said fuck just for the fuck of it you know what i'm saying 
Um, there was, I, I went off script, meaning I didn't do a bunch of ad libs. I did some, but, um, the, the order of my show, I went out of place a couple of times because I forgot. Uh, I take a pause in the show, which I'm sure will be edited out. And I kind of went to my phone to kind of look and see what jokes I, I wanted to do next and what jokes I had left out. And I think it all kind of, I think it all kind of came together very nicely. Um, but, uh, I guess I just want to say sorry for taking these weeks off, but you have no idea. This was so important, so huge that I put all my energy effort, uh, into it. Uh, my plan is, believe it or not, I'm going to try to drop another episode also this week. Uh, appreciate the love and support. You guys know how to find me. You know how to support if you like to. It's been a lot of fun talking. I hope it was fun or interesting Listen, listening. I, I kind of went in a couple of different directions as far as uh, just sharing this process. But this is a huge monumental you know, moment for me. And um, it's all about just you know getting that peace of mind. Obviously, it's a play on my last name. But how the name came to be was... I was I put it out on Facebook because I was trying to figure out what to call my next tour, my next run of shows, and I made like a poll, and it was piece of me because I was like you know again instead of a piece, but it was P E A C E. It's like piece of me because I was just gonna go around giving people a piece of me or uh, change my mind. I don't know why I love that a lot. It was just like. I'm going to go around with all these bold, you know, statements and, and, and opinions and you better change my mind. And somebody was like, why don't you just combine them? And that's how we got peace of mind. And it was through that where I started thinking about how do you get there? And uh, that's kind of what this special about or the, the first album is about. So I'm going to get out of here. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, promise not to take that long again. But uh, I love you appreciate you so 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 much and i will talk with you soon until then peace y'all